This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. Packer and Durham. It's a Thursday, and every Thursday that I can remember, we have streamed live on that ESPN app. Number for the show is 844-SAY-ACCN. That's 844-SAY-ACCN. Uh, I'm Mark Packer. I am in Charlotte. I'm in the basement. And today, not only do we have the stars, Chester and Fuller, but Captain Ron is back. Robert is here. Ah. Otto is in the Christmas decoration room. We have a full house. It feels like the Look good old days, except for one thing. Some guy is missing, but I know where he is. And he's in Cartersville, Georgia, where it's 104 degrees at 7 a.m., and that would be West Durham. No kidding. 17-time Georgia Hall of Famer. No. 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 Not 17. 22? Bless your heart, but no. Thank 22? You. No, stop. Just 29? let's move on. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> You're unbelievable. How's the Italian going? It feels oh. like we've hit a little bit of a bump in the we Italian. Have. We have. I we know we're, we're learning a second language because we're looking for a hobby, and you've chosen to learn a foreign language. I have. At age 59 and three quarters. That's right. I, you know, I've, I've taken 100 years of Spanish. I could get around. I can get around in a little Espanol, but I want to learn how to speak Italian. And I got to tell you, I was on the fast track for about two weeks, but this week has been difficult. Possessions. His, hers, they, our. Yeah, great. Oh, my God. I I woke up this morning at 2 o'clock in the morning because it was still in my brain. Took the dogs, went outside, did our deal, came back inside. 2.30, me and Duolingo, I was screaming at my phone trying to figure out the... His, hers, feminine, masculine, plural, singular, fake left, go right. Lomia, Lamaya, Pizza Pie, whatever. I was just getting smashed. So it's not a good. (laughs) Was not a good morning, Wes. I was losing to the Italian language this morning. Beat me up. Losing to the Italian language. Yeah. I will still persevere. That is my goal. It's my deal. Ah. Well, the other uh, good news is you won for two weeks on your trip, so you're you know you're ahead of the game. That is a good point. Of, uh, winning and losing. That yeah. is a very good point. Um, so we give you this pause for Mark Packer to enjoy our show before he goes back to the uh, the hobby of learning Italian. God bless you for that. Um, really well, you good know, show I, today. You know, Wes, it should be an inspiration for others. That, you know, no matter how old you are or how young you are, you know what? The object is to keep learning, right. man. You're right? You try something new. That's if it, if you fail, you. listen, I fail every right. day. Believe me. You know, you pick yourself up mm-hmm. and say, man, come on. We can do this. So that, that's the deal. It's like I told you on yeah. January the 1st. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. So guess what? Pac-Man Wellness Program, and I'm two pounds away from wedding day weight. So, you know, you just got to keep, you find things that challenge you. you. It's kind of like doing this show. You know, can we get through for the next two hours and 57 minutes and 11 seconds without hurting ourselves? (laughs) Well, that's the object. Let me tell you, I think uh, 6.48 is a pretty good show today because we're going to do two a days with Mike Barber of the Richmond.com, of course. He covers and knows Virginia. So we're going to talk to Mike Barber, who's been with us several times before about the Cavaliers. Uh, Louisville is our two a day also. Uh, Mark Ennis, our friend from 93.9 The Ville. Uh, unbelievable talent, great radio host. Looking forward to having Ennis with us again. Um, we're also going to have Devin Leary with us at 9 o'clock, quarterback of the NC State Wolfpack. Looking forward to talking to him. D. Leary delivers, as you know, Pack, the, the campaign underway. And then Jordan Cornette at 9.30 this morning to talk about how great it's been for Notre Dame. Jordan Cornette, who tweeted the other day, build a statue for Link Jarrett. Um, you know, he was Jordan's all in as he should be. Letterman, Why, proud you? Notre Dame alum. Hey, hey if yeah. you're a fan, so, you went to school there. I got no problems. You pull the pom poms out. I got no issues with that whatsoever. In fact, I have right. zero issues with an alum pulling out the pom poms and doing the rah rah. Hey, you went to school there. Yeah. You got some pride. I, I got no issue with that. The issue, you know, what I, I got think, an uh, issue with. Here's, you know, what I got an issue with with that? fans. I have a celebrity mm. fandom issue when all of a sudden a team gets hot 
And some celebrity gets the pom-poms out like, oh, I've been a fan for a while. I'm like, get out of here with that nonsense. I have a bigger issue with that. Mm-hmm. I'll have an issue if Jordan Cornette, as a Notre Dame alum, has the pom-poms out and says, hey, man, we, we, we are going to go win the World Series. I got no problem with that whatsoever. Zero. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. That's good. I, um, I'm happy for Jordan and other Notre Dame fans that I know. I think they have had a terrific year. Uh, only school in the country to make the men's basketball tournament, the College World Series, and a New Year's Six Bowl game. Strong. Pretty good. No doubt about it. Yeah. Academically getting the job um, done as always, and athletically been more than yep. competitive. More than competitive. Here is the uh, interesting part about the Notre Dame triumphrate that we just referred to. Um. It doesn't happen very often, but I bet it happens more than you think. Um, For instance, it happened this year, obviously, with Notre Dame. And then the last time it happened was three years ago, 2018-2019, with Michigan. So here's the list. Florida State's on that list, 16-17. How about that? Louisville is on that list from 12 to 13. These are the academic years that occurred. But in the BCS CFP era pack, does 10 times surprise you? It's hard to do, Wes. I mean, as that's being pointed out on the screen. So, um, you know, hey, you got to be balanced, right? You got to have all that going for you. Mm -hmm. You got to be a little lucky, too. That never hurt anybody when it comes to wins and losses in the world of sports. So I'm maybe not necessarily stunned with that number because it is a hard feat to accomplish that. The hardest thing to do, though, and I pointed this out to you last week, is the ACC in Omaha. It has been a nightmare mm-hmm. for the conference. It really has. Yeah, I mean, it has. It, it, the league has been so good for so long, but for whatever reason, closing the deal and doing the old dog pile has been difficult. I mean, you figure Wake Forest in 55, Virginia in 15, and that is it. Just two times. The conference has won the national championship in baseball. And, man, there have been a gazillion opportunities to get there, which the league has done, uh, to be in a title game, which the league has done. But closing the deal has proved to be elusive. We'll see if Notre Dame can pull that off and link Jarrett and his guys, that pitching staff. they got the best pitching staff left of the eight teams that are left. Mm-hmm. And it is a big ballpark. It normally plays small as far as uh, trying to score runs. Small ball wins. In Omaha. So we'll see if that works out. We had a link on the show yesterday. We'll replay that interview in case you missed it. Uh, He'll talk about that at Mm -hmm. nauseum. But I do think the ballpark kind of favors the way Notre Dame likes to play. Uh, Of course, their first game Friday night is Texas. And I saw a stat yesterday which blew me away. It's nothing to do with the ACC, but it does involve Notre Dame. Uh, Texas has been to more College World Series than years that they have not been in the College World Series. This is their 38th appearance. This is the 75th College World Series. So 38 times they've made it, 37 times they have not. Let that marinate a second for the good folks in Austin, Texas. That is an incredible stat. That is an amazing Mm. stat. So Texas can play some baseball, but uh, we'll see what Notre Dame's got for them on Friday night. Yeah, uh, and uh, Paul Maneri tomorrow is scheduled to join us, the last Notre Dame coach to take a team to the College World Series. So we're looking forward to that. Remember now, Brian O'Connor, the current Virginia coach, was his pitching coach on right. that College World Series team in 2002. So a lot of things to talk about with him and look forward to that visit. Um, side note of information, and we didn't really get to this yesterday. we got a fun topic to talk about coming up at 7.15. Uh, and a real quick word on this, and just, I mean, just sharing the news, okay? The, uh, the NCAA has launched an inquiry into the University of Miami, um, at least to a point where enforcement staff members visited Coral Gables last week to conduct interviews, uh, most notably, uh, the report said yesterday, with John Ruiz, of course, who's the billionaire UM booster who has signed all these student athletes to name, image, and likeness agreements. So, um, PAC, this goes back to the NCAA saying a couple weeks ago that they were going to look into name, image, and likeness. 
Uh, they were going to look into some of these name, image, and likeness agreements. Um, Ruiz has clearly been one of the most uh, forward-facing people in NIL signings and agreements. So in some ways, you kind of thought this would happen. Uh, it goes back to a point you brought up prior to your trip. If the NCAA was going to walk it or talk it, then you had to be able to walk it a little bit, right? right. So here they are. They're visiting. They're talking. They're you know, they're going to find out what the construction is. Here's the problem, though. It's not a problem. It's just what it is. I'm not sure what the NCAA can prove right or wrong based on what has transpired. Now, they came up when we were at Amelia Island with some guidelines to name, image, and likeness. But in terms of enforcement, we've never seen anything. Now, they got the enforcement staff down there. But have we ever determined exactly what the NCAA can do as it relates to the construction of name, image, and likeness. Now, obviously, there's some guidelines about whether the student is enrolled or recruiting inducements, things like that. But that's the only clear-cut you know, differences in, in some of this at all, I think. Well, John Ruiz, uh, who has been certainly outspoken, and again, he's got the pom-poms out. He's got a gazillion dollars and mm-hmm. wants his team to do well. And name, image, and likeness provides an opportunity for student-athletes. And he, he's been very outspoken as far as, hey, here's what I paid. Here, here's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And he even said point blank when all this was going down you know, months ago, you know, we're not, we're not breaking any rules. We're not violating anything right. here. Here's the deal. Everything's up front. In fact, he even said... Uh, the conversations with the NCAA were pleasant conversations. He kind of laid out how it's constructed. Hey, here's what we're doing. Here's yep. the opportunities for the student athletes. Here's what we're paying them. Uh, and so he said it wasn't uh, adverse at all in terms of, of being uh, adversarial in any shape, way, or form. And again, I, I don't know where this thing's going to go. I mean, we got uh, Nick Saban basically uh, claiming that Texas A&M bought every single player. So maybe when they get down at Miami, they'll just zip on over there to Tuscaloosa and and a college station yeah. and take a peek. I, I don't know when, where any of this stuff's going to go. But, you know, the NCAA has certainly talked a good game. Um, but to my knowledge, Wes, since name, image, and likeness uh, became the real deal July 1st, 2021, to my knowledge, there's not a single school in America that has been penalized in any shape or form for any kind of violation with NIL. So maybe the NCAA investigators got a nice lunch at Joe Stone Crab and had a nice conversation and worked <laughs> on their tan and uh, you know, go to the next thing. I, I got no idea, but, but Ruiz made it perfectly clear up front prior to the NCAA even coming down to Coral Gables. Hey, we're not doing anything illegal here. Here are the rules and regulations right. in the state of Florida. Here's what we're doing. We're laying out some cash. Great opportunity for student athletes, and down the road we go. So again, tag your it NCAA if you got something to show. Uh, go ahead and go ahead and knock yourself out. Otherwise, we go on down the road. Next man up. Yeah, uh, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to get into a topic. It's funny, you know, many of you, and we're very appreciative of this. Will tweet questions or concepts or program ideas to Mark and I. You'll send us a note and say, "Hey, what about this for a segment or something like that." And every once in a while, you know, Mark may answer, I may answer, or something like that on social media. Pac's much better than I am at answering things like that. I answer all of them. Connecting with people. Answer every one of them. So, that being said, uh, ironically, something happened yesterday where the night before we had gotten a tweet from someone. We'd gotten a tweet from someone asking about, hey, who do you think would have claimed the most NIL money of a previous era, right? And there were three or four names laid out. Well, yesterday, (laughs) yesterday, Michael Vick went on Rich Eisen's show and made a statement. And his statement probably had Hokie fans going, man, did we miss a chance if we'd have just had NIL? Well, Virginia Tech fans, you're not the only ones that sometimes probably wish they just had NIL. Michael Vick's comments to Rich Eisen and your thoughts and lists coming up next on Packer and Durham. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Packer and Durham on a Thursday. Your lucky number is 648. 844-SAY-ACCN is the number for the program. Lots of guests, as usual, coming your way. And... Our U.S. Yeah. Open uh, draft today, right? We got the first round U.S. That's Open. Right. 
after Curtis Strange's uh, appearance yesterday. Underway. Got to talk it. Curtis Strange was awesome on this show yesterday. That was great, wasn't it? It was awesome to have him on here. Um, all right. Now, Mike Vick appeared yesterday with Rich Eisen on his show, and the topic of NIL came up. And when, when Vick – it actually was Tuesday. I shouldn't say yesterday. It was Tuesday. When Vick was asked about NIL, Eisen said, how much do you think you would have taken advantage of it, and would it have been an option to stay in school? Huh. Here's Vic's answer. Yeah, well, I definitely think it would have been some dynamic numbers. <laughs> that could have, you know, definitely been enough to, like I said, definitely been enough to um, keep me around in school. You know, I wasn't the guy who wanted to leave early, but because of circumstances in my life, I, I was felt like I was forced to leave early. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to enjoy that college experience. I felt like I was just growing to my own, growing into a man. I would have boomed in the NIL space, and I know, uh, you know, it would have been done the right way. So, man, you know. The great thing about it is now these kids get an opportunity to not have that pressure on themselves thinking, you know, now we get to pay it forward. I mean, dynamic. That's, dynamic. That, that's seven letters. Yeah, Probably like, like the like, figures yeah, it would have like, been. Like, yeah, like, yeah, no doubt. Like north of a million. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I couldn't settle for no less than that. Whew, some kind of player, mm. boy. Man, when he mm. touched the ball, watch out. Michael Vick could go at right. any moment. All right, so here's where we're going to go with this, and I want to show you this tweet that we got literally like day and a half ago, right? So Vick says he would have gotten north of a million, right? So as I said a moment ago, folks tweet the show, things happen, stuff like that, and the next thing you know, this comes out yesterday to us, Day before that, we get a, tick, a tweet to Mark and I from Kyle Smith III. Would like to hear listeners' option, opinion, option on what if NIL had been around for the last 40 years? What does Michael Jordan get? Christian Leitner, Michael Vick. There's so many more. Could be a great segment. Well, welcome to the segment, Kyle. Um, we were asked to create a list. What athletes do you wish you could have seen play in college for one more year? Okay, now think about that in conjunction with NIL. If Vic said he would have gotten north of a million, he may have. He wouldn't have been the only one. Right, Pac? No Uh, chance. That would be correct. Uh, There's a bunch, as a matter of fact. And uh, so you compiled a list. And and I will, for the record, to be completely transparent, normally we never compare a list. But I saw Wes's list after I had made mine. And there were so many similarities. So I adjusted on the fly all right so with that said all right i'll let you lead okay so there were two right off the top for me and the first guy who left early that i thought about was james worthy because james worthy helped carolina win a national championship in 82 uh and then went pro and was the number one overall pick of the los angeles lakers however pack Nobody would have known what it would have been like for James Worthy to come back to school after after winning a national championship in which he was the most outstanding player of the tournament and the national player of the year that year. So that would have immediately buoyed him, right? No, that, that's the logical one. Now, Michael Jordan, by the time he left Carolina, was in a stratosphere uh, that not many had been to. And so easy to say Michael Jordan, right? Somebody you wish you could have seen play in college one more year. Um, Everybody knows third pick of the draft, that kind of deal. And you know what happened there. Jordan was probably the guy that set the bar. And then the one behind Jordan that probably has gotten as close and maybe even trumped it given the social media and everything else that buoyed him before he ever got to Duke is Zion Williamson who only stayed one year. But when he was in school, given he was playing with Barrett and Reddish and all these other guys, this became, Pac, you know this, that night in Charlotte, that was like going to see the Stones, wasn't it? I mean, it was unbelievable what that became. Yeah, he was a, he was a rock star before he ever got to Duke. Um, and then, yeah. you know, the, the freakish athletic nature of his game mm-hmm. um, I mean, I don't care if you hate Duke, love Duke, wherever you fall in that debate, you watched him. 
I mean, that, that was right. he was a must-watch mm-hmm. television. And the night he blew out yeah. of his Nike, I mean, that became lore too. Now, granted, I'm not going to talk yeah. about what he's done in the NBA because, quite frankly, he's done nothing but eat. Uh, in the NBA, and hopefully he'll get his act together from that perspective and take his game to another level. But in college and coming out of high school, mm-hmm. man, he was the talk. I mean, everybody was talking, have you seen Zion yep. play before? Before he got to Duke, you're like, I mean, again, if you're a social media nut, you knew about him. But when he got to Duke, brother, watch out. Man, every night they played, yep. man, you had to see what was going on with Zion. So the three that you listed yep. right out of the top, James Worthy, Michael Jordan, and Zion. Uh, there's no doubt. All th- I mean, if you were making a list at home, and we're going to ask mm-hmm. you to have some fun with this, uh, you can go back as far as you want. I don't care how old you are. Uh, those would be three that you were probably going to have on your list at some point in time. I mean, why would you not, yeah. right? I mean, those were just pure superstars mm-hmm. in college, all of them. Uh, two more here on my list, just real quick, and kind of different concepts for me but I think it would have been fascinating had they stayed one more year one is Vince Carter uh had Vince Carter stayed one more year where Carolina was but where he was as a player and the you know the the elevator that he played in just from a performance standpoint I think it would have been really really interesting for Vince Carter um I mean just crazy how good he was and then the last one for me is the one that everybody talked about when NIL came out. What if Trevor Lawrence has stayed? I, I'm not sure that Trevor Lawrence would have been able to sort out the opportunities to have NIL because there were so many people that could not wait to get around him from a marketing standpoint at the next level. Had he stayed in the had he stayed one more year at Clemson Pack given his level of notoriety, his brand recognition, his playing ability. I'm I'm not convinced Trevor Lawrence would have set a pretty high bar in the first year of NIL for a lot of players. I don't think he would have had any problem sorting it out because it had been like, well, we're going to stick this million dollars over here. We're going to stick that million dollars over there. Uh, that wouldn't have been an issue at all, I don't think, for Trevor Lawrence from that mm. perspective. But you're right on all of these. I mean, that's why when I saw your list yesterday – after I compiled mine, I said, well, I got to start over because it looked like they were duplicates. Uh, all of those, mm-hmm. all of those names, Worthy, Jordan, yep. Zion, Vince, Trevor, superstars, right? Absolute yep. no-brainer superstars. And I think, again, from all of our perspectives, uh, being selfish as fans, yeah, you'd love to have seen him play one more year. I mean, forget the money a second because you weren't going to get any of it as a fan, but just the enjoyment of watching <laughs> superstars in the college game go off. That's why we love it. That's yeah. why we love it. And, you know, you can't blame anybody for leaving early. They're chasing their dream. They've all had great success, made a fortune, and uh, all that cool stuff. That's what life's all about. But, yeah, Wes, that list, um, I would assume that every one of those names – would be on everybody's list at home if you're going to play this game along with us. I mean, I don't know how you would yeah. leave off Vince Carter or Trevor Lawrence or Michael Jordan or James Worthy. I mean, these are all classics, all-timers. Yeah. I thought about the – I did throw uh, – Josh and Angela, who were producing our show and doing a great job for us, asked us for you know a couple honorable mentions. So I threw uh, three of these up here. Um, and we're going to get to Pax list at 8 o'clock here. But here are my three honorable mentions. Now, this seems just ridiculous to call this honorable mention. But Julius Peppers would be a guy who I'd be incredibly fascinated by NIL. Um, an incredible two-sport athlete. You know about the football. The basketball was sneaky good, too. Um, so Pep would be somebody. Not an over-the-top personality, but yeah. a guy who – did enough on the floor or on the field, I think, to to be branded highly. And then I had two Miami guys here because Ray Lewis and Ed Reed, I think, to me, are unique from the Miami. Had they come back for one more year and been involved in NIL, I think Lewis and, and Ed Reed pack, they were so good and already highly decorated as as college football players. For one more year, there's no telling what would have happened with those guys. 
Well, here's what I would tell you on all three of these guys. First of all, are they great players? Yes, that's a given. Uh, but Julius Peppers it was so shy um, that I, you know mm-hmm. I don't know from a marketing standpoint if that would have worked because he didn't like the limelight. He didn't even like the limelight once he was a great pro, to be honest with you. And I, I know he's gotten yeah, better and more right. comfortable in that department, but uh, a brilliant player. I mean, incredible athlete, but. He was always a guy that didn't like the limelight. He didn't like doing interviews. Uh, he didn't like being in commercials. So I don't know about NIL for Joyce, even though it would have been awesome to see him play another year in college. And the other two guys, Ray Lewis and Ed Reed, Wes, those Miami teams were so good and had so many players mm-hmm. that unlike Julius Peppers at North Carolina, like in football, where, hey, he was the guy. Miami had like I don't know two dozen guys. They did. Right? I mean, and, and so I they had like I don't Edger know about and that. James. Uh, they just had so Thing. much talent that it was stupid how great Miami was. So I don't know if they would yeah. have gotten lost. I mean, as again, we know how great these guys are from as a player, but as far as NIL and pulling one out, I mean, normally like the, that first list you went through: Trevor Lawrence, Vince Carter, Michael Jordan. James Worthy. I, I mean, those were like these guys, right? On a pedestal of mm-hmm. what are we talking about? That honorable mention list, though, I don't know. I mean, could they have made some money? Of course they would have. Were they great pros? Of course they were. But I don't know if I would have put mm-hmm. those, your honorable mention, on the same level as your original five, in my opinion. Just my opinion. All right. Don't forget, use. Use the hashtag Packer and Durham. You can tag Mark and I with your thoughts on guys you'd love to see play one more year or maybe like Michael Vick, who could have gone dynamic, <laughs> is the word Vick used, dynamic right. NIL money. Yeah, he's right. He's exactly right. Uh, and Mark's list coming up at 8 o'clock. When we come back, two-a-days on a Thursday, we'll go to the Commonwealth. Hey, Brennan Armstrong's got an NIL with McDonald's. Mike Barber's got all the intel from Richmond.com about what Tony Elliott's first Virginia team might look like. We will talk to our friend, Mr. Barber, who's got hounds of his own, waiting on our uh, visit next on Packer and Durham. Packer and Durham. Packer and Durham on a Thursday. Our two-a-days continue. we talk a little Louisville later on with Mark Ennis. And then Mike Barber is going to join us to talk about Wahoo Wah. And it's all about Tony Elliott, man. Get aboard. All aboard the Tony Elliott train. Here we go. (laughs) Time to talk about the Who's. Mike Barber joins us. Mike, what's happening? Good morning, guys. I'm looking forward to getting on the train. Yeah, in every sense of the word. But we'll get to that later on. But but there's got to be an excitement (laughs) level, though, right? New man in charge. Tony Elliott comes in, says all the right things, seems to be the perfect fit for what Virginia represents and stands for, uh, and is a really, really good football coach. I'm kind of curious to see how this whole era unfolds in Charlottesville. Yeah, Yeah, it's always exciting, right, with a new start. But I I think you're right because of Tony's pedigree. Uh, because he comes from uh, a program that dominated the ACC, that was winning national titles. It's certainly not guaranteed that just because you were part of it, you can replicate it. Uh, But that's the hope of the fans and and certainly the thought process of Carla Williams. I mean, this is a guy who knows how to win in the ACC. He knows to win at a very high level. He's got a great reputation. Uh, Recruits were energized by his arrival. Uh, Certainly his staff has done their part to get out, get around the state, uh, meet the high school coaches. Um, so, yeah, there, there's a lot of excitement. You know, we always joke about everybody wins the press conference. But, yeah, Tony Elliott is a, a win the press conference guy, but it feels like he's got the parts there uh, to win on the field as well. You know, Mike, when Roddy and Kelsey and I were there for the spring game, uh, obviously he, you know, got a late start in recruiting. I think some of the way he handled the staff, especially like Marcus Hagan staying with him, Clint Senum staying with him. I think – I think that's all really, really important stuff, right? Uh, the other element here, it feels like Brennan Armstrong's his most important recruit for this team. It feels like getting Armstrong back gives them at least a little bit of continuity and a little bit of momentum through a coaching change. However, counter to that is the vacation of offensive linemen is just overwhelming. I mean, 
he talked about guys that may be coming in to play in the offensive line and some guys that were there. But, man, it feels like a full redo in the offensive line for his first season. Yeah, Wes, it it absolutely does. And and Garrett Tujay, who the offensive line coach who was retained, he's already been through this once. He already took uh, just a horrible, (laughs) depleted offensive line and built it into a a really good unit. Um, Do I believe he can do it again? Absolutely. Will it get done in time to take advantage of Brennan Armstrong? I hope so, right? Because the narrative a year ago Mm -hmm. was really – a bad defense squandered this historic offense led by Brennan Armstrong, but the wide receivers, you know, Wicks and Kemp and Keaton Thompson. It, it just it was such a talented group, and the defense kind of was the issue. Now you're looking at, okay, you got Armstrong. You got all these receivers back. You've added some other pieces. Can you block? And, and, and guys, a bad offensive line will derail this thing right out of the gate. So that is the biggest question mark for this football team. Mike, the other thing, too, is that Tony Elliott's talked about having better balance. I mean, there's no doubt Virginia can throw it all over the yard because you've got all the pieces, great wide receivers, and we know about Armstrong. But he wants to be able to run the football, so that's a two-parter, right? It's one thing to keep Brendan Armstrong alive in the backfield, right? It's another thing to say, all right, hey, let's go run the ball, move the chains, and who's going to run the football? So it's really a, a multiple kind of question as far as what Virginia can do running the ball in 22. Yeah, Mark, and that's been a question now for three or four years, right, since Jordan Ellis left. Um, and, yeah, you can talk about, okay, well, they ran it with the quarterback. When they had Bryce Perkins, uh, that's a dynamic running game, even though it's not a traditional running game. Uh, certainly they've been able to move the chains with Brennan Armstrong. That's all well and good, but when you've got an offensive line like you have and, and you don't want Armstrong taking extra hits, he's going to take a lot of them. You don't want him taking any extra hits. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to run the football in, in the traditional ways. and. Um, you know, I think you're going to see a little bit more uh, Billy Kemp, the wide receiver, pr- probably get involved and, and do some things there. But they have to be able to run the ball with their running backs. They picked up a transfer from Miami, a kid who didn't play much for the Canes, but, but was a four-star recruit coming out of high school. So um, it's going to be a focus. Now, a lot of times the run game is dictated by the game itself. And <laughs> if they're ahead, yeah, I think they're going to try to pound the rock, like they like to say. If they're behind... Yeah, Brendan Armstrong's going to be throwing it 55, 60 times a game, which, hey, selfishly, be a lot of fun to watch. Okay. Um, we spent a lot of time focusing on the offense, but you said this at the top here, Mike. The defense has got to be better. If it's not, Virginia's going to play a shootout every Saturday and hope they can survive it physically and literally from the scoreboard perspective. John Rosinski comes in from the Air Force, longtime aide with Troy Calhoun to rebuild that defense. What's your feeling after watching them in the spring of what they'll be defensively? So here's what I like about what Rosinski's doing. The problem with this defense a year ago, guys, was big plays. They would give up the chunk mm-hmm. yards. You know, they might get a good stop on first and second down, and then there's a 30-yard gain on third down. They just always felt like they were on their heels giving up those big plays. John Rosinski's scheme is designed – it sounds boring, it sounds vanilla – um, just to not give up big plays, to, to make you earn it down the field. And I know fans cringe a little at the idea of bend but don't break, uh, but a defense that makes you earn it all the way down the field kind of sets you up to make the mistake and have the failure and tightens up in the red zone, that's the perfect complement for a Brennan Armstrong offense. So I really like what he's put in schematically. They've got some new players in. They've got some young players taking on bigger roles. Um enough returners back that there's some veteran experience they just have to play better and 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 if they follow the scheme and play well i like the complement with the offense they're putting together but if they're giving up chunk plays again if if they're getting beat one-on-one uh and and john doesn't leave corners on the island too much but um if that becomes a problem yeah it could be a long year can they be better against the run Micah, because, I mean, that's the other thing. It's one thing to give up chunk yards. It's another thing where, hey, guys just pound it on you and they move chains and play keep away from your offense. I think they can. Um, You know, John's defense is a 4-3, but it's very multiple, very flexible. They play with that bandit position. They can add guys to the box uh, to stop the run. And and they've got in Nick Jackson in the middle there, I think, a linebacker you can build a run defense around. Right. And, and we always talked about it with Virginia Tech and Bud Foster, but it was kind of funneling guys into uh, a playmaker. And I think if you funnel guys into Nick Jackson, they're not coming back out the other side. So 
I do think they can be better there. But again, <laughs> you've got to demonstrate it, right? Uh, Al Groh always talked about demonstrated performance. So let's get out in the field and see them do it. Uh, I think the X's and O's are there for this defense to be better in both those areas. All right, let's be honest then. It's Jackson in the middle. Feels like Aaron Falmui is the leader up front, if you will. And then A.J. Johnson in the secondary. Mike, are those the three guys that you got to rely on for stability? Yeah, I think so. But, you know, there are other guys. Uh, Chico Bennett, the transfer from Georgia Tech, I think Chico, has a chance yeah. to really be a, a playmaker. He had the knee injury last year. Um, he's going to play that bandit position. I think that's going to be a key part of this defense. Um, but certainly you're right. The, the guys you named are, are going to be – uh, and also the leaders, right? The guys who are, are the vocal leaders, who are the set the example. Nick Jackson has been that. It feels like almost since his freshman year. Um, so those are key pieces. A um, couple of them being transfers. You know, they can be good players. Uh, I think Anthony Johnson can be uh, a star at corner. And like I said, Rodzinski's not going to ask him to be on an island much, which I think is going to allow him to be more of a playmaker. All right, so it's the middle of June. You're allowed to change your mind 100 times between now and kickoff. When you look at the schedule, and I always liked kicking this idea around in June and July, but when you look at the schedule, what pops off the screen in terms of, boy, that feels like a big game to kind of determine the, the fate of what Virginia football 22 looks like? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not being glib. When I, I look at that Richmond game and I think about Broncos' debut, um, and certainly oh. he turned things around <laughs> after that. I, I don't think it's going to be as much of, of a threat to, to this bunch, but um, certainly Tony Elliott wants to kick things off right. And, and kicking things off right means playing well against Richmond and winning. Um, I think at Illinois is going to be the tone setter, though, right? That's a name that people know. It's a conference that people uh, you know aspire to or, or, or have a lot of respect for. What, what does the product look like those first two weeks? Um, I think if they come out and do the things we just talked about, they run the football, they have some balance, they protect Brennan. Defensively, they don't give up big plays. Uh, they control the line of scrimmage. I think if you play those two early games uh, that way, I think you have a chance to be competitive this year. Now, I think it's, I think six, seven wins is probably the, the ceiling on, on this bunch um, with that schedule and with some of those things. But I think if you can get that, it's a great launching point. And um, I think it's all about, you know, how well you protect Brennan Armstrong, both with the offensive line, with the run game. Can he be a superstar with what's around him? Certainly a receiver, he's got the pieces. Um, but I think getting off to a big start, everybody wants to do that. New coaching staff, everything going on. I think that's really a key. Mike, I want to bring this schedule back up here real quick. I don't disagree with anything you said, by the way, especially about the road trip to Champaign. September 23rd at Syracuse is Robert and I and Jason Beck seeing their old team. That And that's a Friday night game. That just kind of feels weird. And it also feels like, quite frankly, Virginia could be 3-0 and playing at Syracuse, who's got a lot to prove, just like the Cavaliers do. That, that, for me, feels kind of like, well, wait a second. Here's our first ACC game and the, the, the flare of television with this kind of, you know, elements off this former staff now playing the new staff and then at Duke and Louisville. I mean, but that just – Syracuse feels weird on the 23rd of September with, you know, kind of the, you know, crosswire emotions that could be played there. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, Jason Back was a huge part of Brennan Armstrong's development. Robert and I knows that personnel. And, you know, it's funny. Anytime you talk to a coach, they downplay oh, what it ma- how much it matters when a coach leaves and, and then you face them, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, how, how much inside intel? Everything's on film. But then when you talk to guys privately, you know, they talk about, hey, I know, I know where he's comfortable. They game planned with Brennan Armstrong. They sat in meeting rooms for extra hours talking about what do you feel comfortable doing? What don't you feel comfortable doing? They can very easily walk across the hall at Syracuse and tell that defensive staff, hey, he doesn't want to do this. So if you leave this there and make them take this, that's how you make Brennan Armstrong uncomfortable. I think it's going to be a challenge for Brennan. I think it's going to be a challenge for for Tony Elliott and his staff, uh, Des Kitchings. I think it's going to be a lot of fun for guys like me uh, to see that matchup. But, yeah, I I think it's, it's a really intriguing game for all those reasons. Mike, one more thing, and if we can put the schedule back up, I I just want to ask you a a quick question. You know, the one thing about Virginia lately has been they've been terrific at home. They've really struggled figuring out how to beat somebody on the road. I look at that road schedule 
at Illinois, at yeah. Syracuse, at Duke, at Georgia Tech, and of course the last one uh, in Blacksburg. Uh, that is more than manageable for road games. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. I mean, that Virginia Tech yep. game is always different. I mean, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's in Charlottesville, Blacksburg, if it's in my backyard, they're going to go after each other. But at Illinois, at Syracuse, at Duke, at Georgia Tech, I, I'm not so sure you can't draw up a better case scenario of who you'd like to play on the road. Yeah, I, I think for Tony Elliott, the whole schedule shapes up pretty nice. It's not a killer, but you're absolutely right. If you had asked him and his staff to pick, hey, which ones do you want to play on the road? Um, you know, Virginia's been traditionally very successful at Duke, for example. Um, yeah, I, I think yeah. it shapes up for that to be uh, just another thing in Tony's column to try to get some momentum. Win early, win some road games. Again, the schedule shapes mm-hmm. up that, that you can do it. If, if you're good enough and, and we talk about, hey, winning on the road and you know, Bronco always got into why couldn't we win on the road more and, and how do you win on the road? Well, you know what? If you're really good, you win on the road. And right. if you're eh, so-so, you have a hard time winning on the road. And if you're right. bad, you don't win on the road. Right. So what will this team be? 100% right. Yeah. By the way, before you go, though, hey, uh, Pat- you, you got to give yeah. us a little shot. You got a big, big weekend. And I know it's a Father's Day weekend, but more Come importantly, uh, you you got to get ready for the big birthday bash. You got to give a little shout out here. Come on, let's go. Yeah, my, my son turns three this weekend, and I forgot it was Father's Day because we're working on a, a big train-themed birthday party. So we, I don't want to give away too much because I think he's in the other room watching Daddy on TV, but a lot of train theme. We're going to have Mom always bakes an unbelievable cake in the theme of the party. We're going to have some costumes so you guys I'll, I'll text you some pictures they're not for the show but I'll text you some pictures of, of no, how it all goes well, down. Yeah. It, well wait it, a second it, it'll never make what? the show don't worry about that yeah. Just send the pictures. oh yeah I trust yeah you. trust me <laughs> <you guys. laughs> yeah yeah let me tell you the last thing you should have said is it's not for the show right. so there we go uh, <laughs> hey Mike take care see you in Charlotte in July yeah can't you got wait it. thanks take for care. having me guys you bet Mike Barber covers Virginia Part of the great coverage of the Richmond Times-Dispatch and Richmond.com. When we come back, oh, it's a major golf tournament, and that means a Packer and Durham U.S. Open golf draft. We pick an ACC winner and a regular player from the competition next. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. Packer and Durham. It is a Thursday. 844-SAY-ACCN, the number for the program. Two days today, it's all about Wahoo Wah and the Louisville cards. We just got done doing Virginia. Louisville will be coming up uh, in about, I don't know, 45 minutes or so with our buddy Mark Ennis. <laughs> Look forward to that. Be good. Yep. We got links, though, today. Uh, the United the States, Open. yes. United States Open begins play today at the Country Club at Brookline. Sounds like your kind of spot, Packer. Really uh, does, doesn't it? Right there in suburban Boston. Yeah. How many Ford F one fifties you think? Are, Bro- how many Ford F one fifties you think are parked there in the Country Club of Brooklyn? Brookline. I, I would say the over and under would be at uh, zero. Two, two, two. <laughs> zero. To drop stuff off at concessions, maybe. Uh, all right, we do these uh, Packer and Durham drafts. Every golf major, we try to you know be be efficient with them. Um, the uh, the goal here is you pick one player who represents an ACC institution in the field and one regular touring professional. And uh, the last one we did was Augusta, and I won. We did not want do one for the PGA because we were completely distracted by Mark leaving for Italy. Did we not do one for the PGA? No, we did not do one for the oh. PGA. We were completely distracted by your getaway. And the fact you were, you know, we didn't think it would be appropriate, Josh, to do something like this for the PGA because Mark was going to be off social media for two weeks, as you know, while he was gone on the uh, on the tour. I, I would agree been, with that. Yeah. I, would so, have, I would have been more than happy to participate from over the uh, pond. But uh, if you didn't want to do it, you want to yeah, do it? Yeah, I know. But you got honors. No, I know that much. So we yeah, I do, and uh, I'm. For, you pick the ACC player first, and then we do an S draft, so it'll uh, be my pick, Mark, Josh, Angela, and then we'll reverse field, if you will. Uh, I'm starting first, and I am taking – well, first of all, here's the ACC list. Um, you see the, uh, the guys in the field, 14 of them, and I'm taking the one at the end of the list. 
is my ACC pick. I'm taking Will Zalatoris of Wake Forest because Curtis Strange said so yesterday. Well, you know, Curtis you being a, Curtis being a Wake guy, I was going to pick a Wake guy. I mean, you know, but this is a good pick. You're taking Cam Smith or yeah. Cam Young, Webb Simpson, former U.S. Open winner yeah. out in beautiful San Francisco. That's right. Um, and this is a yeah. solid pick. Will Zalatoris has been a great player, great young dude, can hit it a mile. Got a 28-inch waist, yep. hits it 2,000 miles it. an hour. Um, all right. So, Look at uh, smart people all ready to go. Yeah, they're looking around like, what's Packer talking about? All right, I'm up next. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Florida State's very own Brooks Kepka. Brooks Kepka. That's where I'm going. Brooks Kepka. You just you just like him because he got mad at the media yesterday. Or I did. Before yesterday. I liked he that he ripped the into media. I liked it. Like uh, I like everything about this guy. No nonsense. Just hits it in the middle of the fairway, makes putts. Make fours, man. You make a bunch of fours, you win this tournament. So I'm going to go Brooks Kepka as my ACC U.S. Open pick. There you go. All right. Kepka off the board. All right, who's next there, uh, Macri? You? Uh, no, it is uh, – will you guys please say buongiorno. Buongiorno. To Angela no. Travato. I think this is her introduction to oh the Packer and Durham audience. She's buongiorno. Been here buongiorno. This is her first time on camera. So uh, a warm Packer and Durham welcome, please. All right. Come state, Angela, OG. welcome to the – Vinny. Oh, no, no, no. See, 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 wait. We don't have an ITA button on Perfect remotes. Boy. So we do English here. Yeah, good luck, closed oh, captioners. Gosh. Take that. Va bene, va bene. Hey. Oh my gosh, really? Basta. I mean, we're we're good on the Italian now Basta. through the rest of the month, okay? Oh, we una could, domanda. Va oh bene, <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going with yeah, Wes. on the clock. How do you say on I, the clock in Italian? Yeah. Uh, on the amo. Let's go. go. We'll go Let's with go. that. Uh, I'm going Cameron Young from Wake, me and Wes, the Demon Deacons, having faith. Uh did great at PGA Champ. Uh, three top three finishes in the last four starts. Feeling pretty good. Feeling mm-hmm. pretty good. 25, yeah, but, you know, I choice. think age is on his side, you know. As long as he can stay calm, I think he'll do great. Solid pick. Uh-huh. Uh, so two Demon Deacons have been selected. Let's go ahead and make it two Florida State Seminoles because I'm going with FSU's Daniel Berger. Uh, as my pick. And why do you ask? Well, because the last time I did a Packer and Durham golf tournament draft uh, was well over a year ago. I picked Daniel Berger and I uh, I won that tournament. So mm. just trying to go ahead and uh, make history repeat oh, itself. You got to go with it. Hey, you, you go with it, man. I like it. You know what else is cool about that, Josh, is you get to pick the first non-ACC golfer. So who are you going to tie in with Daniel Berger? I'm going to go... With the best in the biz, Rory McIlroy. He is the betting favorite, uh, and I am not a man who likes to risk things, so I'm going to go with the favorite here and take Rory. <laughs> All right, so Berger and McIlroy, the tandem. Yeah, yeah. With the tournament being <laughs> Does, in Brookline, I'm doesn't go like to with risk the, things. Yeah, the guy from Northern Ireland and the guy who uh, people in Brookline will pronounce his name the best. Berger. Berger. All right, Angela, you Wait get the pick. Macri, Macri doesn't like to risk things, and yet he came back to this show. So anyway, yeah, okay, point. go ahead. Good job, Macri. Well done. Angela. I think you could argue my guy's actually the best in the biz. I'm going JT, Alabama alum. So not ACC, SEC, a little dicey. But I think JT, he's going to be great off the tee, and uh, I just trust him always. So that's why I'm going to Justin Thomas. Hard to go with those two picks. I mean, everybody's made good selections, but me probably. Uh, I'm going to go completely off the wall a little bit. I'm going to go uh, Pac-12 on you and go uh, Patrick Cantley as my non-ACC selection. Fairways and greens, West Durham. Fairways and greens on that old Just school. Killing me. Patrick Cantley. Killing me. My pick. Killing me. I'm uh you know, between Angela taking Justin Thomas and you taking Patrick Cantlay. Um, I'll go Matthew Fitzpatrick or Matt Fitzpatrick. I saw him play live when he was the British Amateur Champion uh, in the Georgia Cup years and years and years ago. 
our U.S. amateur champion. He was a U.S. amateur champion, and he played in Atlanta, and I got a chance to see him live. I think he's also playing well, and he's had success at Brookline. So I'm going Fitzpatrick. All right, there you go. Selections have been made. Now, remember, if one of your players misses the cut, you're out. You're disqualified. So you need both players <laughs> to make out. the cut. And if you do, then you add the totals up. And then somebody comes rolling in here on Monday as the U.S. Open champion on Packer and Durham. That's how we play the game. There you go. Have That's we decided we the, the prize yeah. yet? Have we decided for the winner? The, yes. yes. The, the, prize the prize is, is 40 pounds. No, no, no. The, the winner gets 40 pounds of prosciutto. Ah, which is uh, preferito. Yeah, si. which is hanging in my uh, garage area right next Delicioso. door. See. Si. Burger. Hey, uh, Josh. Yeah. Josh, real quick. Yeah. Uh, behind your left shoulder, who's sitting? Uh, who's sitting on the back row there? That, uh, that's we got Lance. people on the back row. We got Lance. 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 Good morning. Why to uh, go, Lance? Lance is a UT then, guy. Oh, hey, no, hey, down, now, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. You can't work on this show at Notre Dame, Texas, coming up on Friday. How how we pull that off? Does the Big Twelve not have know. a network yet? Has ESPN not created the Big Twelve network so we get Lance a gig? <laughs> Come on. What are we doing? Well, they've created their own network pack. Maybe you're just tuning in. There's this thing called LHN. So well, you, you know, maybe we get Lance uh, tied into that right, bag. And who's over? And who's over Angela's from? shoulder, Josh? Emmanuel. Who's over Angela's Emmanuel. shoulder? Emmanuel, what's up, Emmanuel? Good to have you on the show, man. Appreciate you being a part of it. There you go. Good to see you. That's it. They're both saying hello. By Gotta the way, full, can't hear them, but they're both saying hello. <laughs> full full credit from the guys and uh, full back credit row. for the smart people, right, Pac? Yeah, the back row is strong, man. Strong. It's the strongest back row in television. It's on Packer and Durham. And no doubt about it. There you go. Well, the front row. You guys are the Chrissy. smart people. We got the smart people on the front yeah. row, and it's the most talented back row in television. That's why all the there smart people up here in Bristol, man. All right, Angela, excellent debut on Packer and Durham. Um, when we come back, <laughs> leave it there. Except for the Italian. Ciao. Um, when we come back, Packer's got his list of guys you wish you could have seen play one more year and maybe what it would have been for the NIL game if that had existed. Hour two coming up next on a Thursday. Tune into Packer and Durham weekday mornings from 7 to 10 Eastern for the best conversations about everything from the ACC. Find it on the ACC Network, Sirius XM Channel 371 and streaming on the ESPN app.